Welcome to Harvest Time. My name is Chris Harper, and our host on this program is Pastor Gary Walton, the pastor of Harvest Baptist Church. Now, we often have the opportunity on Harvest Time to tell you the stories of our church as we feature interviews with our members and other friends of the ministry. At this time, we always invite you to come and visit us at Harvest Baptist Church this weekend. Our morning service begins at 10.30 a.m. Sunday morning. We'll tell you some more about what else happens Sunday mornings at the end of the program. But this week in our morning service, we'll be back in our series, Pursuing Our Mission, from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Let's begin the program today by welcoming our pastor, Gary Walton. Hi, pastor. Hey, half a day, Chris. Always excited to talk about Harvest and what God is doing there, and we're looking forward this Sunday to being together again. We're coming off our summit meetings Dr. Jason Ormiston was with us this last week, and we really had a great time just around the Word. And over the last couple of weeks now, we're back into our series, like you said, in the book of Acts, and we'll be picking up chapter two. Chapter two of Acts, if you know a little bit about the backstory of Acts, it's about the day of Pentecost, and it's really the formation of the church that begins in Acts chapter two. So we're going to be talking about some really interesting things in the first few verses in Jerusalem, that the Christians were speaking in tongues, and the Holy Spirit came with a wind and a fire. And so we'll try to talk through what that means and how that impacts us today as a church. So I'm looking forward to that. It'll be a great time together around God's Word. Yeah, I'm ex- I've been excited about our, our series because it feels like it has a little bit for everyone who comes in the sense that it can really be an education process for you about the church if you're unfamiliar but then for, for everybody who's been a believer, even for a long time, it's a, um, it's a re-education or a review process about the mission of the church as well. Yeah, we've been using this little analogy about the series as we're going on a journey. We've been saying a couple of things about that, but for some people, it's a brand new journey. Everything that we look at is new as we're discovering what the church looks like and how God formed it. For others, it's a journey that we've been on before, but every time we come back, there's something new and fresh, and we have the opportunity to see it again, how amazing it is, what God put together, designed it for this age uh, to do His work in this world today. So, yeah, it's been great being able to see that all together as a church family. Well, we're really happy to have one of our core church families with us, one of our couples, John and Rosie Duenas, are uh, joining us on Harvest Time today, and welcome to both of you guys. Thanks for being willing to join me today. Hi, Pastor. <laughs> John, glad that you're here. John is a uh, one of our deacons, and Rosie is involved in a, a number of different areas, uh, Harvest House, sure. a number of things uh, with the ministry. And if you're around Harvest at all, uh, both during our service times any of our fellowships, different ministries that take place, you're going to see John and Rosie. Well, actually, you may not see them because oftentimes they're a little bit behind the scenes, just serving. And I'm so thankful for that kind of a spirit that we see in in many different ways. Um, So we're excited to ask you about some of the things that God's doing in your life. So tell me, first of all, how John, why don't you tell me how long you've been at Harvest and and then we'll back up to talk a little bit about your story and your background. Man, um, I think my wife might know how long we've been actually here. I've been two, 
The earliest memory is uh, probably like 2006-ish, five. So we started coming to Harvest in 2007. Our daughter... Pretty had, close, we, John. Yeah, That's good, yeah. yeah. Yeah, we started out as um, Harvest parents, really. Um, Hannah started to come up here for kindergarten. And we weren't really coming to church. We kind of felt that we were living away from the Lord, but we felt yeah. kind of like, well, if she's getting fed spiritually through academics, that's good enough. But the Lord had a different plan in mind, and little by little, we started to be convicted about where we were as far as um, our relationship with Him, and it really wasn't enough that Hannah was attending kindergarten. And so He used people in our lives that worked directly with her to really minister to us. If you don't mind, I would just really like to share how we started to really come back to churches. Hannah wanted to come up for the Awana program. Mm. And at the time, I was a social worker at Child Protective Services. And with the schedule just being very crazy, I just couldn't commit her to coming up to Awanas. And Gina Odermatt was Mm. her teacher's helper. Mm. And Gina had approached me one day after school, and she said, well, I can bring her up. You know, I can keep her at my house and I can bring her up to Awana's. And I just, you know, kind of had my guard up and was sure. like, well, who's this lady? John, this lady wants to bring our daughter, keep our daughter after school, bring her up to Awana's. And I said, well, can, do you mind if I kind of check out where you stay? Is your husband going to be okay with this? And, you know, she was open, very transparent, took me to her house, introduced me to Frank, and the Lord really used them. And there willingness to watch Hannah and bring her up here because what was happening was if I did get off of work in enough time for that Wednesday service Mm -hmm. um, I went from waiting in the car or waiting on the benches out when they had it at the basketball court to finally walking through those doors on a Wednesday night. Well I'm anxious to hear some more about that. Let me back up the story a little bit and ask you now you guys both grew up here on Guam, right? John, your family's from here, Rosie's family's from here, right? Yes, Mm -hmm. yes. Okay. What part of Guam are you from, John? Well, you know, I I grew up in Sinahanya and then when I was a little kid when my grandmother passed away we moved up to Dedido and stuff like that. But uh, like most local kids growing up, we grew up in the Catholic church. It's almost it's so intertwined with our culture. That's just something we did. I didn't, I don't know if I really understood it. I just, I just knew I had to go, you know, all of that. So that's, I guess that was the start of my, yeah, my, my walk. I, I don't know. So Rosie started coming on Wednesday nights. What did you think about that, John? Or well, kind of coming some, you're outside, then you came inside. Well, at the time, Rosie and I were, we were having our, our struggles in our relationship. And I guess maybe just to backtrack a little bit, you know, growing up and uh, when I got saved, it wasn't until we were living in Long Beach, California. And, um, you know, my wife has been a a Christian far longer than I've been. At the time, I had been saved and I was already old enough. I just got out of the military. I was old enough to not go to church, so I kind of didn't. She didn't have to, but um, the wife just wanted, she used the term unchurchy. She's just like, I need to get back into church. And, you know, we we were struggling at the time, you know. a lot of things we were in the world that kind of stuff and i didn't understand her need to go back into church but she was very adamant about finding a church and we found one first baptist church of long beach mm-hmm. it wasn't in the greatest part of town mm-hmm. right so uh you know i said oh, i can't let you go there by yourself so mm-hmm. i started going you know every time they did the invitational i said man he's talking to you mm-hmm. he's talking to you raise your hand you know and i would just fight that you know and after a while, uh, one day I just kind of, he's talking to you, you know, mm-hmm. during the invitation, I slipped up my hand and 
that's all she wrote pretty much uh, wow. after the service uh, i don't remember the the name but i remember the face and you know uh, open up the word show me uh you know you know growing up as a the way i did on guam you know if you're good that's good enough yeah you know uh you're if you do more good than bad then you're you're in mm-hmm. you know and um I remember Rosie back in the day when we were writing letters because I was in the military. She was, you know, we would write letters and she would write scriptures. And I always thought she was talking about us, our relationship. But, mm-hmm. you know, she was she was a Christian way longer than I've been. And she was just showing uh, God's love mm-hmm. to us. But, you know, I didn't understand any of it. I thought she was talking about us. And I remember her writing scriptures in the letters. And I'm like, oh, she's talking about us. That's awesome, you know. Mm-hmm. But uh, it's not till later on. But uh, eventually, uh, you know, when I did get saved, I, I, I cannot remember when, but uh, I remember the, the relief that I, I got, you know, I was like, wow, it's just, there's a weight I didn't know I was carrying. And then uh, wow. she, had, she, was, she was so happy. She was like, you don't know how many people back home have been praying. Her, her family's been. We had been praying for years, yeah. years. And so many people were just praying for his salvation. Yeah. Um, well, what about you, Rosie? Tell me about your salvation. Oh, sure. So I did grow up here. I was born in California, but raised here in Guam. And I got saved probably about the time I was 10. I had an auntie and uncle that came out as missionaries, didn't know what a missionary was. But before that, like a year before that, my dad had died. So I'm three years old. My mom drowns tragically. And mm. then my dad is, you know, still remaining here in Guam. He, it wasn't from here. But he lived here with uh, my brother and I, and then he just delved into really, uh, really bad things, drugs and alcohol as a mean to, means to cope with her tragic passing. Mm. And so mm. he died, and probably about a year later, my auntie and uncle come out to Guam as missionaries, and they started a very small church. It's no longer there in Dedido. And I had never held God's word. I had never read God's word other than going to church with my grandparents that had raised us and really kind of coming up as a bus kid back in the 70s up to harvest i do remember coming up here but that was just kind of like singing songs and and that stuff at the time i think my dad used it probably as a babysitting tool like the harvest bus is here Um, but i do remember coming up here as a little girl and being happy about that but really having that first opportunity to hold god's word read it and claim it was when i was 10 it was First John five twelve, very clear. I remember, he that hath the son hath life, and he that hath not the son hath not life. And I remember crying, thinking, what is this life mm. that I could have? Mm. And it was eternal life. And I wanted that. I gave my life to the Lord at that time. And I wanted to get baptized. I wanted to follow in believer's baptism. But my grandmother was Catholic, and so she was not having any of that. And she finally let me get baptized. She said, I turned 16. She said, well, what do you want for your birthday? And I said, I want to be baptized. And Mm -hmm. so she knew that I was serious about that. So growing up, pretty much it was a fend for myself type of uh, spiritual walk. Um, Nobody in my immediate home was trying to encourage me um, to go to church or anything like that, other than my auntie and uncle. So if they came to pick me up, I would go with them to church. And I enjoyed that. But living with my grandparents who were not saved and were not attending any sort of, you know, church, um, it was just very difficult. So I was really um, one foot one foot in the world and really one foot trying to live for the Lord. And I did attend public school all the way up until 
10th grade, at which time I met John. He was finishing up his high school. And so we dated and I fell in love. And I think a lot of it was just gravitating towards having a male presence, that love mm. in my life, even though I did have you know, the Heavenly Father in my life. And, um, but I wanted that love. And so, you know, John was that for me. And I knew, I knew what God's word said about being unequally yoked. I, I knew that. And so, you know, that would probably be the reason why I would send him verses. And, you know, we sent letters, you know, snail mail now. And I remember trying to witness to him and he just really wasn't hearing it. And I remember just crying all the time. Like, why doesn't he get that he's a sinner? We're all <laughs> sinners. <laughs> but the Lord used other people in his life separately. John, did you know Rosie had those concerns, or were you kind of oblivious? You know, she did. I just didn't really understand it at yeah. the time, you know. But um, I remember after I got saved, you know, and feeling that relief, she was just telling me, like, people have been praying. And then I remember we, I, I, I called home. And, you know, actually, I think she called home and said, hey, she called her family. Hey, we have great news, and John wants something to tell you. So I told him I got saved. So many people are happy. I just didn't get it. I didn't know how long they'd been praying, but... You know, apparently it's a big deal, you know. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, that's that's what I remember about being saved, and I am thankful for it. But, um, you know, moving on from there, it's probably shortly thereafter, I started to have some struggles and, and uh, you know, and just everything. I was going to school, Rosie and I were living together, and, you know, our church was saying, you know, you guys need to get married and stuff like that. You know, we went through counseling, so, we you know, we did get married. We came back home to get married. It was a big thing, and... But, you know, it was just shortly after we had some struggles and, you know, um, it was just difficult for me because, honestly, those struggles were just like a, I, I turned to the world and, and, you know, these mistakes that I've made is just doesn't, they're not just mine. They affected my family and uh, it was just, uh, honestly, uh, up until this day and age, I, that, that, that's some of the darkest times of my life. Mm. Um, but, uh, you know... During that time, John, did you sense a lot of conviction? Were you just discouraged? I was. I, I don't think I was conviction. I, I, you know, honestly, I don't think I was mature enough as a Christian uh-huh. to sense conviction. But I, I, I did sense that you know this is not right. But you know, uh, I just you know we turn to the world. I, I turn to the world and try to get answers from the world and stuff like that. And it just a difficult time in my life. And uh, uh, Rosie and I, we, we had some struggles and. And yeah. I think during that time, we really needed to be apart. I mean, looking right. back at it now, I think that was just the healthiest thing for the relationship at that time. And the Lord used that dark time of separation, because certainly I wasn't a spiritual giant. I wasn't living for the Lord. I really just, you know, was selfish too during our dark time in our marriage that I just felt like, well, you know, here we go. Yeah. And just really masked, you know, what really was happening. And um, you guys were young, right? How we old? were yeah. Yeah. early twenties. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were in our twenties, and I didn't have parents, spiritual parents. I didn't have anybody that I could go run to mm-hmm. and say, "Help, help me." Looking back now, I have my heavenly Father, and I'm on my knees before Him for it, every single thing. But yeah, it's such a powerful testimony, though, you guys, to the critical nature of the church um, and being connected to a church as young believers so that we have a place where we can go, you know, when we're struggling through these kinds of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we did go, we were members of, of First Baptist Church of Long Beach and looking back, you know, we were good there, but 
you make those little allowances to step away one Sunday, another Sunday. Now you're just not going. Now you're just not going. And now looking back, we see how important that is and what that type of thinking or justification can really do. So being plugged in and connected is definitely important too. Yeah, yeah. And I would really just talk about that too. It's not just being a part of a church or not even just attending a church, but what you just said about being plugged in and connected is the key because in those moments, then we have people around us that we know we can talk to. Absolutely. Yeah. And so we came back to Guam and we... We're, you know, just trying to move merrily along, and the Lord then put another trial in our life, at which time he was living with his mom, and it was just Hannah and I. We didn't have our son at the time. So Hannah and I were living in our home, and John was staying at his mom's house, and that's when I just started to say, okay, I'm going to go back to church, and it forward march. Hmm. I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back. (laughs) Here I am, Lord, you know. Take, take everything that I have. And I remember just crying out to my Heavenly Father saying, if he's saved, if it's your will, you will bring him back to this family as a godly man. And that was my cry. That was my prayer for a year. There were other ladies that really came alongside me in this church. Again, ladies that connected with me, that invested their lives into my life and prayed prayed with me fervently for this what you see now what do, what you see at our our family serving together i mean mm-hmm. this this is different than than what you would have seen us you know 12 13 years ago but the lord restores he revives and we just like you you said we just came out of summit and we're talking about restoring the joy of our salvation and that's where we need to be i've been there i've been in that storm and that's where you're like okay i see it now but i see it every day so, John, Rosie starts going back to church. You see some differences, and how does that impact you? You know, it just kind of affected me to the point where I was like, oh, I need to get right. I need to get I need to get back into church. And I am thankful for this church and uh, the people God has put in our lives. Uh, you know, uh, we have so many, we've made so much family here that, you know, they're, mm-hmm. they're, they're practically family. They're, uh, you know, and they, they help us spiritually. Um, they're encouraging. They if you ask me, would I be sitting on the deacon's table, <laughs> serving with my wife happily on, on, on at church? You know, that I was like, I don't know who you're talking about. You know, uh, we've been coming here, and it's the Awana program that got my wife connected to this church. And it's one of those programs that kind of just uh, is near and dear to our hearts. Once we started coming back to church, things were getting reconciled. They were better. We, things, God, God you know, just made everything right he changed my heart it's just uh if you're a christian you kind of understand already but things started to work things started to click things started to make sense and uh and i knew that this is where i needed to be you know i needed to be in church i needed to be with my family and then um the longer we're in church we're like uh, we felt the burden to contribute to church not just be uh sitting at the pews you know we need a we need to be a part of the church in a bigger capacity so the Awana program is it was just obvious for us and I uh, mean I I don't know I've been with the Awana program when it was Awana's now it's C2C way back when the Uggins were running the show and that's I don't know seven eight years ago yeah so I, I've been there since and uh, that that program in particular that that ministry you know along with other ministries but that one in particular was I want to say it had very instrumental in in getting us plugged back into church whether it be through our daughter or just the need to serve and well you know hearing your guys story just of 
of this part of it, it clarifies for me even of the motivation of why you guys are so passionate about pouring back into this place that was so instrumental in your life. I mean, I see that you guys are just serving in so many ways, but it's not just serving for the sake of serving. It's the idea that there are others coming along in the same places that you were, that we can be the same type of support system for them. And I love that. I really, I really love hearing Mm. that coming from you guys. Yeah. I was doing the Awana program up until this March, and um, I was always with cubbies, the little three- and four-year-olds, and I have met so many mothers who would just wait on that bench, just like me, just waiting. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I'd invite them in, or, you know, we have parenting classes, we have things going on on campus for parents as well, Um, and just really reaching out to them. And for that, you know, that was a way for me to say, would you like to be able to either join us in here or, you know, take advantage of learning something that we have on campus? There are people out there that have a story, that have something to share, or just looking for somebody to listen to. Yeah. Well, you guys are involved in a lot of other things. I know, Rosie, you're very involved with Harvest House. You're on the board. I know that you're uh, passionate about that. You guys serve with our fellowship areas in, in a lot of things, a lot of other things we could talk about. Yeah. Just before we came in, Rosie, you said that a few years ago you actually... Well, you were on the radio 10 years or so ago, and yeah. you just listened to it. T- tell me a little bit of what you said at that time. So I remember giving my testimony around 2007, 2008. I had just joined the church, and I'd never done anything like that before. You gave and your testimony on the radio, on right? On the radio. Yeah, okay. On the radio with John Collier and uh, Pastor Marty Heron. And I had never done that before. And just listening to myself, going back and listening to to myself and how raw mm. um, I, I, I was just pouring out my heart and, and conveying, you know, I, I want to follow the Lord. Here I am. Take my life. Consecrate it. And I'm crying listening to my own testimony mm. because I'm saying, Lord, you really have used me <laughs> all these years. And, and back then when I was listening to it or when I was giving my testimony back then, they were like baby steps. And here I am, 12 years later, I feel like I'm just where I wanted to be, where the Lord had me to be. And all those times where I said, you know what, Lord, use me. I don't know how, I don't know where, and here we are. And I think testimonies are very important for us to be able to share with other believers and non-believers because it's a true testament of what the Lord has really done in our lives. And everybody has a story. And there may be somebody that has a similar story. We were not born in first gen, we're first generation Christians. Mm -hmm. We didn't have godly parents, but I'm telling you what, we are before the Lord praying, asking him to guide us Mm -hmm. in what he would want us to be. I didn't have anybody to tell me how to be a godly mom or or how to make your home into a godly home. And neither did John. But because of the people that have come alongside us, discipled us, and mentored us here, we have really been able to be the parents that the Lord has called us to be and really be the spouses that Mm. the Lord has called us to be and servants. We serve as a family and it's not because, you know, oh, here's my hands, let me just do something. It's really in our heart. And you can see that, you know, each step along the way from both of you. I'm so thankful that God 
for the work that God's done in your life first, and the glory always goes to Him. Absolutely. But I'm also thankful for the history of a place like Harvest, a church that cares and has ministered, and now you are such a core part of that paying that forward to others that are coming along and God's still working in your lives and in your family and it's awesome to walk together in ministry like this so thank you guys for being willing to share your testimonies thank you for having us and thank you for listening to Harvest Time well of course at this time we always want to personally invite you to services at Harvest Baptist Church we begin Sunday morning 9.30am we have children's programs we talked about a little bit today on the show uh, adult bible fellowships Uh, in our auditorium and elsewhere around campus. And then we'll be back in our series in our Sunday morning service on pursuing our mission from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 13. Now, if you're not sure where to go, you can always stop at the Welcome Center right out in front of the auditorium. You can get directions for where you need to go, or you can visit our website, hbcguam.org, hbcguam.org. Thanks again for listening to Harvest Time.